0: John, thank you for joining us today. The trade deadline just passed an hour and 45 minutes ago, and we would imagine it was hectic and there was a lot going on. Before we get to a couple of the moves that you did make, and we can get filled in on that, obviously there were so many rumors involving whether it's Hunter Pence or Mike Miner or, or even Lynn. What was happening those final hours leading up to that to where you guys ultimately decided
1: to not pull the trigger on some of those players? Yes, I think we we had like a lot of talks um with a you know pretty much every club at some point and um we were open on on moving some of the guys on our big league club we also pursued some some other big leaguers. Uh it just you know ultimately like for what we wanted to accomplish and what the the, the appetite was out in the market for certain things that we didn't line up. So, you know, we made the the Chris Martin deal, we made the the small deal with the White Sox and uh we decided to you know, it was better to not, uh, not push it and try to make a headline than make a bad deal. And so we, we stood down at the end. Is the,
2: uh, is the idea that, uh, okay, this market is comprised of, of teams that are going for it right now, and if you sit tight because you're not liking what you're seeing out there, that maybe there will be more teams in the market as teams maybe try to figure out their rotation? And if there are guys that you want to move... This off season would be your second opportunity to do that as opposed to force something now. Is that kind of the mindset?
1: Uh I mean that that is an option, but that's we're not, you know, of lock ourselves into any one thing. I mean we can you know, we can uh we have some pretty good players here that we can continue to have on the club. We can extend guys if if we deem it appropriate. Um and that to your point, like it doesn't preclude us from you know, reopening uh, talks in the in the off season if that makes sense.
0: You don't have to uh, name the player unless you're dying to, John. But uh, how close did some of the near misses get? Did it ever get really, really serious where you thought another deal was going to happen? We had a,
1: we had a couple things at the end that uh, I thought might come together. You know, on the when we got some like kind of late calls on some of our guys, and you saw the the wild rush at the end. You saw the headlines kind of at the end. Um, you know, that was kind of the the state of the industry where. It was a lot of like last second you know kind of this is our best offer type deal um, and uh, so there were a few there that, that I thought might happen there was one last night where um, you know it was a, a or yeah I think it was last night it was a, a big league player and one about three days ago that was a big league player that we got pretty close on acquiring as it just uh, for one reason or another uh, ultimately didn't come to fruition do
2: you do you feel like uh, teams are valuing prospects more than they ever have?
1: Uh yeah, I, I mean I think that's I think that's probably fair to say. I, I do think that, um, um, yeah, I'm not sure 100. percent I think it's a combination of a bunch of different factors, but the incentives or the real appetite for clubs to to get aggressive and and push to go add players is just doesn't seem to be at the same level. Um, and so you had again I don't know if it's, it's the the playoff format or division leads or some kind of individual or, or a team circumstances where, where they're less motivated to really get after it or budgetary reasons or whatever, but there were there wasn't the real super aggressive uh, clubs out there pushing and, and driving the prices up. Talking to John Daniels
0: here on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan, let's talk about uh, the deals that did get done, and first let's talk about who you acquired for uh, Chris Martin.
1: Yeah, Colby Allard's a, a left-handed pitcher, 21 years old. Uh got to the big leagues at, at 20 and, and probably was was a little bit aggressive in that type of promotion. I think it was the what 14th or 15th overall pick in in 2016, a high school lefty from California that made a quick run up up the, the chain there with the Braves. Um real good command of a fastball at a you know 90-93 for the most part. Uh, added a cutter this year. Really, has always had a really good curveball, and and his change-up is good as well. He's kind of a um, he's not an overpowering guy, but he's super competitive and really knows how to pitch with his mix.
2: Yeah, I, I saw that a quote from you. That's the second time I've seen you point out his competitive nature, and I I don't think that's by accident. I, I think that's probably something you guys identified and liked a lot. And in and, and I'd like to follow up on that. If that's the is that the case, and and why is that so important?
1: yeah I think it's big. I mean listen, it, it it you want competitive players, regardless of whether they have you know huge physical ability, huge tools or you know or not. and I think when with uh, Colby, he's a guy that he's not gonna it's not you know ninety seven ninety eight. it's not you know uh, he's he's not six eight on the mound. you know hes he's six feet and it's it's solid average fastball ninety ninety three. But I think that all of his stuff plays up because he's always on the ag- aggressive side. He, he's really getting after. His, you know, we've heard him referred to as an assassin, a real tenacious on the mound, and then really going, you know, going after the hitter. And I think, you know, he's going to work real quickly. He's going to be up on the up on the mound attacking the hitter, and I think that's going to play to his advantage.
2: Okay, uh, and so in in terms of acquiring him now, you know he was the 14th overall pick in 2015, and that's the year you guys took Dylan Tate at four. Did you guys look uh, long and hard at taking him at at number four and back in 2015? He was a discussion.
1: Uh, he was coming off of a back injury at the time, and uh, and for that reason Kip loved him, our scouting director. A lot of our guys loved him. I haven't seen him that that, uh, that spring. Uh, he'd had a back injury and and you know that we were a little bit um dissuaded by that at the time. You know, looking back, uh you know, there, there were a number of players that we we probably should have taken uh, Colby being one of them and, and thankfully he has not had any back issues since.
0: Talking to John Daniels here on the Bin and Skin Show one oh five three the fan. All right, let's talk about the other deal because – You know, for maybe a lot of listeners, it might be confusing. You guys acquire Nate Jones as well as international bonus space. Mm -hmm. You give up a couple of uh, minor league pitching prospects, right-handed pitching prospects. But uh, what does this mean?
1: Why did you do
0: this deal? What is it all
1: about? There's really two two, uh, pieces of this deal from our side. Uh, One is uh, we are are adding some international uh, slots and bonus money. Uh, which is basically means you, that it allows you to spend additionally in, in the international amateur market, uh, down in Venezuela and, and Mexico and the Dominican, et cetera. Uh, and so with every team is, is capped, it's a little over 5 million every team is capped uh, to spend down there. And if you want to spend more than that, then you have to effectively trade for, uh, some other teams, uh, open amount of money that they have yet to spend. And so that's what, we acquired there to, to allow us to add some additional prospects. And we also added uh, Nate Jones. And Nate, uh, he's coming off of, a, of an elbow surgery, uh, flexor mass strain. When he's on, he's you know, one of the better setup guys in the American League. Uh, he's got an option for next year that you know will probably ultimately decline, but it's an opportunity for us to get around him, get to know him a little bit, and make a better informed decision on, on potentially bringing him back next year.
0: What uh, you know, and looking at the Twitter accounts, a lot of the beat reporters they they're referencing, and I'm maybe butchering the name Bayron Laura. Who you know, if you go back to early <laughs> July, there's indications you guys had already signed him, or you know, you can just look online and see all these stories. Are, are these moves related, and 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 what can you tell us about Bayron Laura? Yeah. So until
1: we we sign him, uh, which is is our hope, you know, I it's certainly not official. Um, but yeah, he's a you know very very intriguing young uh, right-handed out right-handed hitting outfielder with with huge power that uh, we're, we're hoping to uh, reach a deal with
2: so jd in in terms of you guys not pulling off a deal with mike minor or lance lynn and then you know potentially having them in your rotation next year does does this lack of pulling the uh you know pulling a deal off here at the deadline does this point towards you know more towards competing next year in the new stadium and going for it
1: it certainly, like, as of today, is it, more realistic than had we had we traded them, um, and, and that plays into it. Uh, like I told the B guys, like we're not going to rule anything out. We're going to be open to a lot of things again this off season, uh, including adding you know, quality big league players via trade and free agency, including extending some of our guys, and also including if, if the if the value is right to you know talk about some of the guys in our big league club. I Listen, based on what we've what we've seen and heard, like I, I'm not sure that that value will be there the way that that the market kind of behaves right now, but uh, we'll continue to be open to it.
0: Well, John, we uh, know it's been a hectic last couple of days. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We appreciate the time today, and we'll catch up with you next week, man.
1: All right, guys, take care.
0: There he goes, John Daniels. Every single week sounds like it was insane the way he described the last couple yeah. hours and the deals that did go down. We we probably should reset. The Astros acquired Zach Greinke.
2: Oh my god. The I, rich
0: get richer. The rich get richer. I'm so fascinated though by uh you know the the name Garrett Cole. We know you gotta quote unquote overpay for him, but I do think that that plays into other teams, not necessarily the Rangers, but other teams benefit that they've like, ah screw, it, let's go get Grinky.
2: Yeah, it makes me wonder how expensive is Garrett Cole gonna be if the Astros are like Man, we don't have any shot of signing him. Right. You already have him, and you have a contender. Right. And you're going to be good for a long time. You don't think you can keep him? But
0: they got so many guys they got to sign because they're great everywhere. They're
2: the Cowboys.
0: <laughs> they're the Dallas Cowboys of Houston. Uh, I kind of uh, like that name.
1: Dallas Cowboys of Houston. <laughs> yeah. Real quick
0: on the Greeky thing. You'll the, see. The uh, Diamondbacks are paying $24 million to the Astros to help cover the contract. 24 so, over the life of the deal because it's yeah. two more years after this. Yeah, at like $32 million a year. Yeah, so they're probably lowering him to 20 a year, basically, if you just— Which is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, it's Ben and Skin Show. It's 105.3 The Fan, and I am mad stoked for the 5 o'clock hour.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.